All right. Well, hello everyone. Welcome once again to Off the Mark Cricket Podcast. Uh, we're at episode five, so uh, if you missed out, there's quite a few episodes to catch up on. But but no stress. Um, it's not like the episodes are linked to one another. We just love talking about the game and the current uh, you know uh, happenings in the world of cricket. So I guess a bit of a reintroduction. My name's Nuan. Um, and alongside me, I have a, a mate, a special guest. Well, it's not really that special. I see him every week, and he's probably the only guest on this show. <laughs> um, Sanjeet, uh, great to have you once again to talk about a lot, of, a lot of interesting developments that have occurred in the past couple of days. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, great to be invited back for the fifth week. Thanks yeah, for yeah. for not sacking me. So yeah. gra- great to be here. <laughs> And a well, lot, a lot to talk about. Yeah, one of the greatest games well, in recent history. Oh, definitely. Look, uh, we'll get into it. But look, some of our listeners will be wanting to know who we are or you know where, where we come from. So uh, a bit about myself. So yeah, so I'm, um, I'm, I do a bit of sports writing. So um, I've written a few articles for the Raw, um, which is a pretty popular Australian sports website. Uh, you know, lots of sport, cricket, footy, soccer. But I, I obviously specialise in cricket, so I've written a few articles there. And, um, you know, I'm sort of studying sports journalism on the side. So I guess part of doing this podcast for me is to sort of uh, get myself out there and, and sort of, you know, put, put my views out there uh, in in the game. Um, I mean, I'm also a sub-district cricketer. Um, and, uh, you know, before the podcast, Sanjeet and I um, had a YouTube channel, uh, was, which was actually called Off The Mark, and lots of fun times back then. We uh, did a couple of videos on, you know, all kinds of funny stuff that happens in cricket, but I um, guess that became unfeasible, and uh, the podcast is sort of like our new avenue now to let you guys all know what we think of the game. Um, Sanjeet, a bit about yourself. Yeah, pretty pretty similar background to Noir. Don't have as much of the extensive extensive writing history. I, I, I dabbled a bit back in the day in a bit of cricket writing, a bit of football writing, mm-hmm. um, but just always been playing cricket since I was about seven or eight. Always loved the analytical, tactical side of the game. I'd go to games with dad and look at the field and try and work out what the next ball was going to be, where the batsman was going to try and hit it. So I've always loved um, that side of the game. And I guess... Uh, my mates probably got sick of my subpsychotic rants just talking about cricket when no one asked for it. So this is a <laughs> yeah. way to channel that energy. Yeah. Um, so now I just uh, talk to all of you, and whether you want to listen or not, it's it's up to you. But yeah. uh, at least I'm getting it out there. So no, look, you're and, just, rants, and, and like uh, no one also play. Yeah, also play a bit of cricket as well. I've been playing for, mm. for, for that amount of time as well. A bit of subbies. Mm-hmm. Played a bit with no one at Ashwood last year, and now just playing a bit of Sunday cricket because I just just love I guess being out there. That's it. It's that's good it. Fun. No, look, your your rants are always welcome, mate. Especially on this show. Um, I, you know, you're definitely one of the smartest cricket brains I know. And uh, look, we won't waste any more time. We'll get stuck into it. So, look, I mean, the big story in everyone's lips. I, I guess the whole cricketing world has come to know this. Is obviously India's historic Test series victory in Australia. They've uh, secured the Border Gavaskar Trophy once again, but this time in emphatic and uh, in, in emphatic in an emphatic manner. Uh, nobody expected this coming. They were ravaged by injuries. They had an embarrassing first test. Um, you know, literally, it felt like the whole world was conspiring against them. I mean, some of their players were copying racial abuse, um, you, you know, uh, by the crowds of the Sydney game. And yet, and yet, despite all these setbacks, uh, India prevailed and secured a marvelous victory um, at the Gabba. Um, you know, let's 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 talk about this. I mean, there's so many talking points, Sanjay. We could talk all, all day about this, but. Um, you know, what, what, give, give me your thoughts, feelings, analysis as uh, India came into that final day at the Gabba. Oh, just going to that final day, um, I, I was expecting, still expecting an Australian win. Um, I thought India would have a crack and, you know, probably f- fall short, all out. Mm. Um, but the way they batted was, was simply spectacular. And I think what's caught the world by storm is not only this incredible win, which has, you know, broken a streak of the Gabbatoire of 31 years, um, since Australia last had a loss, is just the just the whole story of this tour. It's 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 wild, you know, from being all out for thirty six at the Adelaide Oval to, to to coming here. You know, three tests ago they were being tipped to be whitewashed four um, nil. Yeah. To, to be frank, they were humiliated in Adelaide. One oh, innings aside, mind you. Um, then your captain goes home. Your your veteran seamer Shami's broken his arm, and then since then, you know, you've lost Yadav to a calf. Rahul's done his wrist, Jadeja's done his thumb, Ashwin's done his back, Vihari's done his hamstring, <laughs> Bumrah has done an abdominal strain, and yeah. even before that, they're already missing Ishan Sharma, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, and Rohit Sharma stuck in quarantine and injury, right? Yeah. They've yeah. been down nine of their first-team options. Yeah. And during this game, they lost Saini in the first innings as well to a groin issue. It's, yeah. it's absurd that yeah. a team can come out with 
almost nine or eight of their best 11 missing and do yeah. this. I mean, the depth of Indian cricket this test showed is is, is scary. If, is, uh... if this is what they've got <laughs> as backups, you know, yeah. you don't have to have superstars. These guys just no. had a role to play and they played it. And it's one of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I think, there was, I think there was one adjective you used that really summed up that series well, and that was wild. It was certainly wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's you such know? a refreshing change of pace. You know, year after year, mm. touring teams come out here. It doesn't matter where they're ranked. You know, Australia makes 450, rolls them for 200 and 200, wins by an innings, just rinse and repeat. Yeah. And we've had that for years and years and years. And, and this is so fantastic to have a series that... In totality, if you look at the one day's 2020s and tests, India won at 5-4, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. across all formats, pretty close. It's just an amazing tour to watch from start to finish and one I'll remember for a long, long yeah. time. I mean, look, what, what do you think was happening in the Indian camp? I mean, like, you know, whenever an Asian team comes here, they always give up after the first test or the, you know, like they, they, they get rolled and they're like, no, nah, we can't beat the Aussies. They're too strong or they're too intimidating. Pitch is too hard. Like... What 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 do you think the conversation was in the Indian camp? I mean, Virat Kohli went home, you know, no star players. Like, how, what what sort of I don't know motivators or, or or what was the talk like to ensure that the, you know that could do the unthinkable? I think um, a lot of this rests on Ravi Shastri and mm. the Indian sort of coaching setup because mm. um, he was massive about the fact that when they got bowled out for thirty six, he said one bad session doesn't make you a bad cricket team, yeah. and he told all the Indian guys, I want you to own this, right? It's mm. in a perverse way. It's a badge of honor. If Yeah, you've been bowled out for 36, but if you come back from this, you'll be the, the greatest comeback in, in the scheme of a test series. And mm. he really pushed that on the Indian guys, that ownership of, of you know, be the team that, that does something that no one's ever done. Um, yeah. And really push to the guys that it doesn't matter who gets injured, someone else will step in and play the role. It's you're, you're part of a team, right? It's it's not individuals, you know? It's yeah. not if Virat Kohli goes, where are the runs going to come from, right? And we were talking about this off-air just before, mm. just briefly looking at the stats, right? And we'll get into this a bit later, but yeah, yeah. look at the Australian stats and there's some clear standouts, probably yeah. two in the batting and two in the bowling. Yeah. You look at the Indian side and now injuries have probably affected that as well, but yeah. it really shows that, you know, when Kohli goes away, Rahane makes runs. Yeah. When Rahane doesn't make runs, Pujara, um, Pujara steps up. When Pujara mm. didn't make runs, you know, Pant mm. made runs, Shubman Gill. Same mm-hmm. with the bowlers, right? The wickets mm. are so evenly spread because mm. everyone understood this is what we need to do to win. This mm. is my role. Mm. And it doesn't matter who goes in, who goes out, I will perform my role. And I think that was the big difference about this Indian side. Do you... In the past, they've mm. been a team of individuals. Yeah. I think, um, and phenomenal, just the way yeah. they put it all together. So here's a question I want to pose to you. Do you, do you reckon that the level of an, an, uh, anonymity... I don't know if I said that right. Like the fact that a anonymity. lot of these, <laughs> yeah, anonymity. Sorry, the fact that a lot of these uh, guys that are in the team are are fairly like unknowns, right? Do you think that played in their favor? The fact that they could just play freely, play with freedom, um, not worry think... about like you know the fact that they might get dropped and stuff yeah. like that. Because like you know these players like Washington Sundar, Shardul Takur, um, you know Natarajan, um, you know all these guys are just they're, they're new faces. Um, and yeah, there's, that... there's, I think there's mm. two parts to it. There's mm. it's probably the, the first part is they're, they're fresher. Um, yeah. And that might sound funny because they weren't first choice players. But mm. you honestly look at Nathan Lyon and, and, and particularly Mitch Stark towards yeah. the end of that series, they look tired. They, they look did. worn down. Yeah. You've got Takur, Natarajan, mm. Sundar, um, mm. you know, Siraj to a degree. They, they all came in fresh, right? Yeah. Um, and for them, it's a massive opportunity. And I totally agree. I think the freedom to play and just mm. go out there. And a, a lot of these guys have played just like every other Indian cricketer that's like under 30 or yeah. under 25. They've played a gazillion matches. Um, yeah. They've got so much first-class experience that when they come out there, they probably know I'm good enough. I know what I can do. I know what I'm about. Yeah. Um, and they're probably not as... I mean, a debut is daunting regardless, yeah, but they're course, probably yeah. not as affected. Mm. Um, that and and secondly, it's probably hard for an Australian team to, to make plans, right? Yeah. Um, uh, mm. Particularly, I mean, they would have all heard mm. of Shubman Gill, but you know, you don't know what kind of batsman he's going to be like in the flesh. Um, you don't know the way that 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 Sundar's going to bowl. Yeah, you saw him in a one day, but that's different. You don't know the way Tucker's going to bowl. All these sort of things. Um, so it's really interesting to see how that affected it. And I think those two things really helped the Indian team, you know, to to this sort of uh, historic win at the Gabba. 
so yeah, it's just it's just an, an amazing win, and and a lot of circumstances that you know when, I mean, on paper going into this game, we thought India's it's it's India's going to be up against it, but they did everything they needed to, and they did played it perfectly. Um, mm. And for me personally, I, I couldn't have got my prediction more wrong. Um, I I think I said Australia to win and Mitchell Stark to be man of the match and obviously Australia didn't win and Mitchell Stark was probably arguably worst on ground in that game. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I mean, let's let's, 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 um, dissect, I mean, some of the, the, what the Indians did right to win. Um, Let's talk about Pujara's batting and uh, it it has been a bit divisive. Um, You know, some people, I mean, you know, some people saying that obviously India... He, he batted the, the way he should have because obviously India won. But on the other hand, you know, he, he does bat ridiculously slow. And he was heavily criticized by, by Ponting um, for being a bit of a selfish batsman, um, you know, not, not um, sort of, you know, getting things moving as such. Uh, what do you make of it? I mean, I personally think he is a bit too slow. Like, I get the fact that he's like, you know, he's doing a job, but like he does eat up a lot of balls. And I, I think there was rarely a point where his strike rate was above like 30. Um, yeah, yeah, his striker mm-hmm. for the series was like 26. Um, yeah. So, it's a tough one, right? Because, and I think you said this to me, you might have said it to me, and, and you'd, you'd read it somewhere that someone was suggesting that, you know, at the time during the last day that, you know, Gil and um, Pujara had faced a similar amount of balls, but Gil was on about 70 and Pujara was on 20, right? And they were saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, Gil's a better batsman, right? Because at the end of the day, you're trying to score runs. Um, which, fine, there's there's merit to that statement. But I think Pujara had to I had to bat that way, in a sense, because Australia came at him with fierce, fierce plans. Um, yeah. Because he was actually the talisman last in the, in the series, in, right. in, in the 2017 series. That's he won right. India that game. Mm. So I think what his mo- method to combat that was just stay in, stay yeah. in, stay in, right? Yeah. Um, and and to be honest with you, I think it worked really well because um, it, in the second innings at the Gabba, he made his slowest ever Test fifty of one hundred ninety six balls. That is slow. Um, <laughs> that, that is very slow. But at the end of the day, he it was because of him that India was able to take it deep. Right? Yeah. That's all. the The only reason, not the Pujara was the only reason, but the only reason that India was able to win this was because as a collective team, they took that run chase deep. Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they took it as late into the day as possible, and, and you got to remember that all these guys, you know, Pant, Pujara aside, but Pant, Agarwal, um, Sunda, mm. uh, they're all they're all IPL players, right? They they, are, they've yeah. played a bundle of twenty twenty cricket, and for them, a run a ball isn't difficult. So no. Pujara allowing these wickets to stay in the bank allows India to kind of start swinging towards the end. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what happened, right? The run rate got to, I think at one point, India needed 60 of 60 or 60 mm-hmm. of 50 even. Mm-hmm. And then after Pajara got out, Pant and Sunda just went bang, bang, bang and hit 40 off about eight balls. Um, yeah. And suddenly it was kind of done. Um, mm. And that was only because Pujara was able to stay there with Pant and really, really take it deep. Yeah. Um, and you... so I think he did exactly what he was supposed to. He didn't make as many runs, but you know, no. at the end of the day, he, he did a job, as we've been saying, that the Indian guys the needed thing. him to do. That's the thing. I think what really impressed me about the Indian batting is the amount of self-belief. Now, there's a moment I want to take you back into uh, the final day where, where... Yeah. So Nathan Lyon bowled around the wicket to punt, and um, he bowled this big off-break that pitched on, like, middle and leg, and it literally spun so much, it went to Steve Smith at first slip, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, everyone's thinking, like, if, you, if you're a normal batsman, you're like, holy, you know, goodness me, that is spinning a mile. And you think, okay, I'm going to play really watchfully, I'm going to defend everything, I'm going to make sure that I negotiate the spin... But Lion balls the next ball, and Pant literally deposits him for a huge six um, into cow corner. And all the commentators are looking at this wide-eyed, and Shane Warne's like, Pant has the biggest amount of self-belief I've ever seen in any cricketer. Because like, if you see if you see a ball turning that much, right, you would be thinking, you know, okay, I need, a, I need to, you know, be careful. This, this pitch is some demons, but not Pant. Like, you know, that kind of belief or that kind of confidence... Uh, Left the commentators quite astounded, and, and and I just feel that that moment was what defined that that moment right there literally defined the entire Indian batting for me. The fact that they did not care what Australia had, they did not care about the history, they did not care about the injuries. They were on a mission to, you know, get the job done, and I think Australia uh, were unprepared for that. I think Australia played with a lot of complacency. That's how I looked at it. Um, you know, that I, I felt like Australia came into that final day thinking. Oh look, India will just you know get themselves out. Um, Three twenty-eight is too much. You know, history shows it's not possible. And because of that complacency, that allowed India to play more aggressively and sort of you know uh, 
dumbfound them, I suppose. It was a very dumbfounding victory, I, I find, but but full credit to them. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I think that uh, that mindset and counter-attacking instinct from Pant is one of the things that makes him so special and such mm. a an amazing prospect at, at twenty three. Um, yeah, wherever old he is, he's incredibly young to have played some of the the innings as he, that he has. Um, and I I haven't seen a turnaround of a bloke in a series than I have than Pant. You know, he wasn't even the preferred option um, for the Indian side in the first test. And I went hard at him as well on the first podcast saying he's an absolute front runner. Um, yeah. And just the maturity he's shown and the growth in his game um, is incredible. Um, I mean, I couldn't think of many batsmen around the world in the at 23 who have almost... Because mind you, India got close to the Sydney test and Pant was a part of that too, who have yeah. almost single-handedly in a fourth innings chase won it for an overseas touring party yeah. in Australia. Um, and that yeah. is a... A huge achievement and a, a man of the match, right? And rightfully so. Um, mm. f- fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah in, in, India was just superb. Um, I think there's a lot of things for Australia to, to think about as well. Um, mm. Just in relation to this test, what happened, the way they approached things, and also sort of a, a longer-term focus as well. Um, yeah, yeah we'll, it's just... It's, we'll, we'll get something to the Aussies very soon. I just want to have a, a froth a bit more about this victory, I suppose. Um, Shubman Gill, another standout. Uh, 259 runs, obviously. Uh, average of 51, high score of 91 for the series. Uh, very elegant player. Where do you where do you see this kid? Star of the future? Yeah, he's... Uh, <laughs> he is going to cause, not just Australia, many bowling attacks around the world, a lot of problems. Um mm. The guy averages 60-plus in first-class cricket, or was almost 70 at the start of this tour, and you can see why. Um, yeah. He's so well put together. The technique is tight, um, mm. and he's just got so much time, and he's so calm. He didn't look daunted at all by no. by, by, by test cricket at all. Mm. He just mm-hmm. rolled out there. just and, and, and he, By the end of the series, again, he didn't play the first test, um, mm. but by, he debuted in bo- at the Boxing Day test, but it was like at the end of the series, it was like, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought it was only his third test. You're like, yeah, yeah. just yeah. Gil. Gil's a part of the lineup. Gil, all good. Yeah. You know, he'll be there for a while. He was just so settled, and it's mm. incredible from a 21 year old. I have but a young years. Yeah, he's 21 me, as well. Talented, he's 21 these as well. Yeah, kids yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just incredible, incredible. Gil, just yeah. There's there's just a lot going on with this Indian side. There's it's this. There's so much talent. There's there's so so much to look forward to if you're a follower of Indian cricket because there's still like six different names that could come back into this side and make them even better than they are now. That's the thing. It's it's scary how how freakishly you know there's production line of players coming through. I mean, let's talk about you know. I mean, I was reading a couple of articles by Mark Nicholas and, and Sambit Bull, and they're talking about how like obviously during the 80s and 90s the West Indies were the dominant force in world cricket, and then obviously from 1995 to about 2007 it was Australia. Um, are we going to see like an era of Indian dominance in cricket? Are, are these the are they the next big nation to take over the cricket world? At least from a performance level. Good thing you said performance level because <laughs> as we already know, the BCCI owns world cricket. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really, I, I do think so. Um, mm. it, for for a long time for India the the biggest issue I think they've they've got two frontiers to cross and they've already they've crossed one of them right you know when they won when they won against Australia in two thousand and seventeen the common thing was oh there was no Smith no Warner doesn't, 2018, doesn't, doesn't count yeah yeah, yeah eighteen nineteen yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, no Smith no Warner you know doesn't count you know they've come back and done it again um, mm. now I think the next step for this Indian side is to go over to England and win um, wow or and to go over to, to New Zealand and and, and it may not necessarily be win every series, right? You're not going to like that's it's it's world sport, right? Um, yeah. You're not just going to roll unless you're the Australian team of the 2000s and 1990s. You're not going to win every game because they. No. But India just needs to go over and compete a lot harder and compete a lot better. You know, not their last tour of New Zealand was the start of last year, I think, um, mm. and they got pumped, absolutely pumped, right? Only mm. a year and a bit ago. Um, mm-hmm. I think they need to bridge the gap between the best and worst. Overseas, yeah. Um, yeah. like I think it's really easy to get carried away here and say this is a you know the, this is going to be the greatest Indian team tour, team ever, and they might, yeah. but they might. But I think they need to bridge the gap between their best and their worst, and really you know start fighting to to win or at least level more series overseas because yeah. the, the the way world cricket is right now, um, most people, myself included, mm. I'm a bigger judge of cricket teams and players on how they perform away because oh, it's very yeah. easy to just make 
lovely, beautiful home conditions that you can just destroy oppositions in. But yeah. the good teams and the good cricketers do it away from home. And India have started a path towards that, which I hope will be more consistent. Um, mm. And yeah, hopefully be successful in in. For, for many years. No, I definitely agree. I think India have the ingredients to become a world-dominating force. Whether they obviously go on with that um, is left to be seen. But it's just, yeah, just remarkable. Let's quickly touch on the Indian bowlers. Um, for me, obviously, it looks like Siraj and obviously the veteran Ashwin. Um, you know, standouts once again. Bumrah, amazing as ever. What do you think, what do you make of this Indian bowling attack, um, especially when it comes to their fast bowling? Or medium it's, fast. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they have fast bowls now, right? I mean, yeah. put, put, put aside the fact that Bumrah, Yadav, and Shami don't bowl. They're the probably, and, and Sharma, they're the four bowlers that usually touch up in that mm. 140s and occasionally 150 mark. Um, India hasn't had them before historically. Mm. Um, and, you know, they do now. But I think the difference is that now their second string or their slower bowlers, and by slower, I mean medium pace bowlers, you know, yeah. Yataku. Um, Na- uh, Natarajan, Natarajan. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Siraj does get it up there, but Takur and Natarajan are sort of your one twenty, one thirty ish. They've got tricks that aren't solely based on swing, yeah. right? They're able to nip the ball off the deck, and I think that's something India has missed previously. Um, mm. They'd bring touring parties out here, they'd bring bowlers out here that bowled to the nippy one twenties, one thirties, but they couldn't do anything with the ball, so the Aussies would just bash them, right? Yeah, um, and not even be white. Um, but the key with these balls is they've got a few tricks up their sleeve and Siraj showed that, you know, he's able to nip it off the deck, yep. he's able to move it. And, and, you know, if it's not, and it, at least if he's not getting anything out of the wicket, he just bowls tight. And that's yep. actually a huge, huge thing, you know, not bowling loose lines. You can almost, you can build up the dots and it's classic, right? There's mm. a reason it works from fourth 11 cricket, the lowest levels in the park to yeah. international cricket is that dots, you know, build pressure. It leads to wickets, and it's just something that the Indians have really, really worked on over the years. And I think second yeah. to that is they've really stuck to their plans. They've identified, you know, for each batsman, this is what we need to do, this is what we need to bowl, and they'll bowl exactly that. Yeah, no, I think uh, you highlighted that really well. I mean, the way they subdued Smith, I think, in the first two tests, um, you know, the way they subdued Smith with that with that leg side trap and having the leg slip or the leg gully there. Um, especially from Ashwin's yeah. uh, sort of with his offspin, that was quite that was quite good, and that obviously made a big big difference um, in the outcome of the series. But uh, look, we could just to wrap up on on this yeah, this series for for India. Um, you know how global this victory has gone, Sanjeet. There was actually an article in the uh, in the New York Times, um, actually <laughs> celebrating India's uh, Test victory. Um, you know. Over the Aussies, it was quite quite remarkable. Um, but yeah, the New York Times, I think it was something in the Washington Post as well. So, I mean, very rare to find Americans following cricket, unless you're an Indian expat, of course. But uh, it is quite, um, you know, it's quite amazing to see how how widespread this is this is this has gone. And uh, you know, some are saying this is, this is probably the greatest moment of Indian cricket history. Um, you know, to this point, yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, like, apparently this will this this trumps. Um, this you know this leap from don't talk about Trump. Yeah, yeah sorry, I'll, I'll, you, you know what I mean. But <laughs> I don't think it's hard to. But yeah, look, the, the, some, some pundits are saying that this is better than any World Cup final victory that India's had. It's it's better than anything on a, on a more global stage. This this is it. Just due to the the amount of obstacles and uh, the racism and the you know huge vast quantities of injuries they've had, and to still prevail, I think. Uh, just shows what what a what a resilient and and uh, awesome Indian side this is. Yeah, for, for me, just to, to 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 sum it up, I think India had every excuse mm. to not win, to oh, not yeah. perform, and and and, and they, they the still thing. did it. And that's the thing, it. like even if they didn't win this series, like the criticism that would have cop would not have been harsh because it's like, well, they had all these people out, like you know, they, we, there could have been stuff like that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I also just want to quickly touch on Pajara as well. I mean, yeah, he. He literally caught. Apparently, they said. Apparently, Carrier Keith was like, you know, the the bowling body line at Pujara because this man was hit eleven times um, as he was. Yeah, playing. I did say that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, saw saw man on the day after the test. He got hit on the arm, the shoulder, the sh- the the, the, the forearm. He was hit. Yeah, helmet. Yeah, he got it's hit right on the helmet. helmet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, and he stuck it out. So. And I think and I well think done. that I think he just typifies the resilience of that Indian team. Like no matter what came their way, they're like we will find a way to prevail in. Like full credit to them, 
Um, it's uh, uh, it, but it's it's really funny because I talk to every sort of any person that I, I speak to about Indian cricket that is of an Indian background. Yeah, we still are scarred from years and years and years of falling like a house of cards. So yes. that even so, when we get hope, you know, when I think Pujara got out, you know, like a few minutes, like yep, here we go. It begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It begins. It, it begins. Just this self defense mechanism. Um, yeah. And just scarring as well. Just, yeah, but this is a different Indian team. It's a different generation. You know, that's um, what I loved about this Indian batting lineup. I mean, the, the fact that one bloke got out, they, they weren't phased by that. Like, they weren't like, oh, no, it's going to happen. Like, there was, this, there was this beautiful calmness in the way they batted. And, like, you know, even calmness. when they were chasing... Yeah, calmness. Like, even when they were, like, needing 320 to win and they were, like, two for 160, you know, like, it, it seemed, in my eyes, very secure that they'd win, like... You know, people talking about the pitch playing all kinds of tricks and cracks and whatnot, and that's going to be hard. But I don't know. Like they just seemed so chill, and I think that really played on the the Aussies' minds as well. I'm like, hang on, how the how are the Indians finding this this easy? You know, um, mm. and then you know, like the fact they're only I mean only, but the seven wickets down, it's not like they were nine or you know like close to the tail. Like they put it this way, right? The last two wickets fell with only ten runs needed to get. So effectively, you could say India were five down chasing this mammoth score. Like, I don't know, like, the, their batting was just, you know, it, it didn't, like, it wasn't like this sort of humdinger type uh, sort of victory. It wasn't like a, I mean, it was a close finish, yes. But, like, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, the, the batting looks really secure for India. Um, yeah, especially with um, with Kohli to come back in and... Mm. Um, and I think the, the the only issue for India, which we, we which is still mm. an issue, is mm. that sort of number five spot. Um, yeah. You know, Vihari probably would have played if he wasn't injured. But you know, his numbers are really putting aside that that great thirty odd not out at, at yeah. Sydney. Um, yeah. His numbers weren't great this series. Agarwal went down, then he didn't really yeah. fill me with confidence either. So that's something that India really need to think about going yeah. forward. Um, that's the thing. What happens? But to anyway, the, yeah, yeah. But that well, <laughs> I was going to say, what happens to Vihari and Agarwal? Um, has has Vihari effectively saved his career after he, um, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Vihari will be right back in when he's. Again? But I mean, he won't really get. I don't think he's going to. I don't know if he'll be fit enough to play against England. Maybe he will be. Um, okay. If he does, he'll probably come straight back in. Um, he's a. He's been heavily backed by the Indian camp. They. Oh, um, wow. They really. They. They really like him, and they think he's a really, really good option for them. Interesting to bat him. They're big fans. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, mm. I mean, we'll leave it there. I think uh, we've discussed the Indians as much as we can, and what an amazing win they've had. Now on to the home team, and there is a, a huge number of talking points as to what went wrong for Australia. Where did they get this completely and utterly, you know, mess it up? Um, your thoughts on on Australia and what what needs to happen next? I think there's two things. So, I mean, in, in the actual game itself, mm. um, I think they blew a golden chance to make a massive, massive first innings lead and just take the game away from India. Um, yeah. Like, Manus got a 100, fantastic 100, batted mm. really well, mm. and he has all series. I mean, he's had a bit of luck. I think he's been dropped six times during the series. But he has, when yeah. you're on a 100-ish, like, you, I, don't, I don't know how, I don't know why he played the shot he did to hit it. He was trying to play a, pool that didn't, a ball that didn't need a pull to hit it straight up, got out for yeah. 108. Um, yeah. And Wade, like Wade as well. Wade was on forty-five, and yeah. we'll, we'll talk about Wade and that number five position a bit more shortly. But again, just again, a rash shot. Um, I was saying to someone, if you isolated just Wade's game tape, not including his dismissals, and showed that to someone mm. in comparison to some of the other Australian batsmen, you'd think you'd honestly looking at him think he was the best batsman in the series because he has been in control for ninety-nine yep. percent of his innings. Gets yep. to a nice 30, 40, and then does just just rash shots, stupid shots. And he did Something it again just, mm. and got himself out. And then Green getting 47, fantastic. Payne getting 50, fantastic. But yeah. go on with those. Get a big score. And yeah. Australia really missed a trick not making 460, 470, because that would have virtually made the game not winnable for India. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The, yeah, it, it could have opened up Australia winning, but it definitely would have meant India would not have won themselves. Um, that's the thing. And I think like, that, I think that's where Australia lost in the first innings. You know, like where, like what, what's happening in the Aussie camp? I, I feel like I feel like there was a lot of complacency setting in. I honestly feel the Aussies were complacent. They they played as though India were just gonna you know do what they usually do and and collapse and fold and. You know, Shane Warner's criticizing a lot of Australia's fielding tactics, bowling tactics on that final day. 
Um, you know, he wanted Australia to be more attacking um, and having defensive fields allowed India to just negotiate the strike really easily. Like, you know... What, I tend to agree. Yeah, like, what what is going on with the with, within the Aussie camp? Because it looks like every time Australia has an advantage, they squander it. It's been a recurring theme. Like, whenever there's a game that they should win quite com- comfortably, they end up making a meal of it. Um, you know... Uh, you know, yeah. we, we go back to like Headingley 2019 Ashes when Ben Stokes pulled off the unthinkable um, in that yes. in that game, and I, and I guess this is not on that same sort of intense level, but it's it's similar in the sense that you know you should be able to defend 328 on a cracking Gabba pitch, like like you should. Yeah, fifth day pitch, they shouldn't be scoring that in one day. Quite frankly, they scored 24 yeah. of it on one day. So what? Um, what's happening here? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think there's a tactical side to it, which you hit the nail on the head on when we'll talk about the tactics and the leadership shortly. Mm. Um, but I, I just think there are actually more problems in this Australian side than, than pe- maybe people do realise, but I think they've been papered over. A lot of the cracks in this Australian side have been papered over, and now they're starting to show. Which sandpaper um, was it? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I just had to. You said paper, so I was like, oh. It was there. Just had to. It was in the block hole. Just wanted to. Anyway, but yes, you're right. A lot. A lot of the weaknesses um, have been glossed over. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And 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 I think let's get into it. Let's uh, let's get into. It. And I think there's 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 probably four themes here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first one is the opening pair. Um, in one way, you can say that this this is solved pretty easily. You just whack Pekowski back in there when uh, when his shoulder's fine to bat with Warner. We're all good. Happy days, but. Warner's 34, right? What's the long-term play here? Um, yep. Warner, especially as COVID hit, he talked about, you know, the, the the toll that living in bubbles and all that sort of stuff has taken on him, and he's probably going to give away one or two formats of the game to yeah. extend his international career. Now, he hasn't said whether that's going to be ODI, T20, Test, whatever it might be, mm. um, and which way he's going to go, right? But, but, but who are the backups, right? You know, Australia used five openers in this series alone, Wade, Warner, Pekowski, Burns, and Harris. Wade yeah. isn't long-term. No. Burns, I reckon, if he ever is to play for Australia, he has to make a gazillion runs. Like it has to be like almost a Simon Cadditch esque um, sort of rebirth as an opener, and just really yeah. make a lot of runs, fifteen hundred runs somewhere about the shield to, to come back. Um, yeah. Um, and Harris kind of got a start. It's pretty rough to judge him on one test, but again, he wasn't really convincing, particularly in that first innings. It was such a rash shot. Yeah. Um, um, and I think he's better than that. But mm. like, like, like I ask you, right? Like, do, do any who who's waiting in the in in the wings, right? You know, you've got Kawaja's thirty four. Yeah. Um, he averaged fifty in the shield, and he does average ninety opening of the batting. But again, mm. he's thirty four, mm. uh, same mm. age as Warner. Mm. Sean Marsh is thirty seven, and he's making runs for fun. But thirty seven. Thirty seven, yeah. And the only other option that I could think of looking through things was Sam Whiteman. Mm. Um, and Sam Whiteman, I don't know if he still keeps, but he used yeah. to keep for WA. He opens the yeah. batting for them now, and he's had a really, really strong start to the shield. Mm. Uh, I think he's 28 years old, um, good batsman. But, you know, his overall first-class average is only 35, so we've been yeah. on recent form. But aside from those three, I, I don't know if you can, but I, I can't think of anyone else. Do, 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 I, I don't really know. The cupboard's a bit bare. I think... Is it possible to maybe at least get like one of the middle order guys, and I don't know, turn them into a top order bat? So I mean, I mean, could potentially Manus open the batting, or is he more ideal to number three? So I mean, so Manus has said, yeah, sure, I wouldn't mind opening um, because that was thrown up as an option, right? But do you want to mess with a good thing, right? Because you'd argue that in the scheme of Australia's batting, there's only two positions that are actually working right now, and that's number three and four, which is. Manus and Smith, the yeah. twins, right? They're, yeah. they're the only ones that are actually making runs, so do you really want to mess with that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. I, I mean, they're pretty established um, in those spots. But, yeah, look, I mean, the opening pair has been a big issue for Australia. There's too often, too often one open will go out within the first 20 overs, which, which doesn't always set a good tone uh, when you're trying to set a total. I mean, Warner had a pretty poor series by his standards. I mean, well, he only played two matches, but... You know, six, he was still injured. I don't think he was at one hundred percent, which is probably yeah. Averaged only fair. sixteen for the series. Um, but know. that tells you how dire it is, right? The fact that yeah. they're willing to play a sixty or seventy percent fit Warner mm. Um, mm. tells you how, I guess, how bare the cupboard is with uh, opening batsmen sort of knocking the door down. Yeah, 
I think, but you know, regardless, like Australia did bat, still did bat quite decently. Like regularly getting above the three hundred mark, they were. They're always. But that's not. That's pedals. not to do with the opening pair, right? That's, no, that's, that's just, being. That's you. Uh, that's honestly a salvage mission by the middle order. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I don't think that that's. I don't think the number three and four position is a problem. Um, yeah. And it's actually a great transition because I think the next problem is the number five spot. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Matthew Wade spot, so call it. Um, and I'm a massive, massive. Ma- I couldn't be any bigger of a Matthew Wade fan. Um, yeah. I've loved him since he played. He started because he played at Victoria, huge fan. Um, and I loved it, you know, that when he came, he got reinvented himself as a pure batsman and came back. Um, yeah, but, I know, feel, I've always been confused by Matthew Wade's batting because, like, he told he told the media that he'd never opened before. And, you know, he's batted, I've seen that bloke ev- bat everywhere from, from opener to number seven. Um, do you reckon Matthew Wade's a bit confused about his own abilities at times? Like, do you feel like, well... What am I like? Am I a wicketkeeper batsman? I'm a pure opening batsman. I'm a number five, number six. Like, how does a bloke? I don't, adjust I, so to... I don't think he's a keeper anymore. As in, I think he's more of a backup keeper now. He hasn't kept in a while. Um, yeah. And I think he was the natural person to go and open in that in the tests. Um, yeah. Even though he hadn't done it in a first class game at all. Um, yeah. yeah. He's done it in one days, but not in first class. Mm. But um, I think. The reason that he is that is because he never truly made the number five spot his own, to his be own. honest. Well, what um, do you define as his own? Like, is it regularly getting those... Regularly making runs. Um, you know, he's gone 14 innings without a 50 now. Yes, um, that's right. And I know he's a very high bar, but the longest Steve Smith's ever gone is five yeah. without a 50. Yes. Um, incredible bar, probably not the right bar to use on mere mortals. Um, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> mortals. <laughs> um, I love that. But, you know, he passed the series with... Wade part made 170 runs at sort of 21, you know, high score of 45. And again, yeah. every game I watched him, he looked so good and then he did something stupid. I think it's just the manner of the way he got out as well. Like, mm. you're 33, you should know better than to be Mm-mm-mm. batting the way you are. Um, yeah. And, you know, when he was brought into the Australian side, brought back, it was because he was making big scores in the shield and he was really good at, you know, if he got a start, he went on. He went on and got 100. And that's exactly yeah. what happened in the Ashes when he was recalled, right? He made yeah. 200s in that series, in the 2019 yeah. Ashes. Yeah. And the only other batsman to get 100 in that series was Steve Smith, and he got three, I think. Or yeah. even four, who knows? That's, that was yeah. just, again, Steve just Smith. Steve, Smith. Steve Smith's things. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And now um, Wade has the opposite problem. Yeah, he just keeps getting starts and throwing them away. Throwing them um, away, yeah. And, you know, we dropped Travis Head for him. Um, mm. Travis Head... Averages just under 40 after 19 tests. You know, he's look, not actually he, that bad. He's a good batter, but look, is he also really, like, the next future captain? Like, I don't see it. I honestly... Like, I know Shane Warne talks about this a lot, but I just... I don't know, mate. Like... So, the, and I think the reason you don't see it is because Head's position isn't safe in the side. Um, yeah. As a, in terms of leadership experience, I think there is no one better suited to be the next Australian captain than Travis Head. Okay. Um, in terms of pure leadership, he was captain of South Australia at 21. Um, right. So he's done it for seven years now. He's got a lot of experience doing it. But you can't make a bloke captain when his own spot isn't safe. And that's that's the shame about Travis Head. Um, similar problem to Wade where he, he, he does the hard work, gets himself to 30, 40, and then plays a, a cut shot that he doesn't need to and, and off he goes. Yeah. Um, so that middle or that number five spot, who goes there? Do we... We move Pekovsky down the middle order where he was prior to this season. You know, he only started opening this year, Pekovsky, um, yeah. Victoria. Do we pick Enriquez? You know, he's 33. Mm. Um, Warney brought up Ben McDermott. Um, mm. And, you know, Ben McDermott, yeah, he's making he's making runs for fun in the BBL. He's got like three scores over 89, something yeah. ridiculous. Um, and he made 100 against the touring India side, you know, pre the test matches, you know, in those India A versus Australia A games. Yep. Yep. But yep. he's only got two first-class centuries. Um, only two. Um, wow. And yeah, he's in form, but this is the problem. This is the problem about Australia's stupid scheduling as well. You know, there's yeah. no there's no Sheffield Shield right now, right? We're picking guys based off a tour game two months ago or BBL. Um, yeah. this, it's like, that's the thing. There's there's no one in the middle order either. I can't think of anyone else who could do it. Yeah, um, no, and, and BBL form isn't the best way to select your, your long form players. Uh, you know, not your at all. Not players. at all. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is asking for trouble. I mean, it does... Work on the odd occasion, but definitely not the best way to assess a player's quality. Um, speaking of quality, um, quality. Two, 
<laughs> we'll move on. I know you can talk about Spadez, but we, we've got to move on to the bowling for Australia. And, you know, Pat Cummins um, was a superstar as always. Um, there's no doubting his talent, why he's the number one fast bowler in the world. 21 wickets, an average of 19. Just, Josh Hazelwood was, you know, quite, quite astounding as well. Um, I think he got 17 wickets, just under 20 as well. So these two, obviously, the standout fast bowlers. Um, oh, Hazel got that five for eight at Adelaide, which is which is quite fantastic. But I want to talk about the big man, and that is Mitchell Stark. Um, a lot was expected of him. A lot was hoped that he'd, you know, win the game. Uh, you know, he, he'd make an impact um, and stuff like that. Um, what what happened to Stark, mate? Because eleven wickets at forty—that's not what you want from your, you know, your 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 first-rate fast bowler. No, no. Um, and at times, Payne was reluctant to even use him. You know, he went at five and over in that second innings of the Gabba, and he got bombed out of the attack by Gill, like a twenty-run over. Um, Stark mm. just looked tired. He looked like he was nursing a bit of an injury. I don't know. It always mm. seems like there's something going on with Stark. Um, mm. I mean, a question I ask you, right? Um, you've got the upcoming tour to South Africa, which overlaps with the tour to New Zealand, which is a 2020 tour. Yep. So Australia's going to have two separate squads, obviously, with all this quarantine and bubbles. They can't they can't go from one to the other. It's no. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So are you sending Stark on your red ball tour to South Africa, or are you sending him on the white ball tour to New Zealand? Because Ooh, he has a place in either, yeah. but for me, I think there's, he's mm. clearly better in one format compared to the other. That's a great question. That's a fantastic question. I reckon, look, my, my gut instinct says to send him on the Red Bull tour because I mm-hmm. still think he'll be effective against the South Africans and he was quite effective. You know, left arm pace has always been something South Africa has struggled with. Um, I don't know, my gut says same on the Red Bull tour because I think the depth of the Aussie fast bowling will be enough to handle the New Zealanders um, in their own turf, I, I feel. Um, and Stark is probably having like, he's probably had a bad series. Um, mm. you know, but like what, 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 what actually happened? Because, you know, he was so expensive and Pant was just taking the piss when he was, when he was, you know, hitting Stark all over the joint. Um, just, he just, he wasn't bowling the right lines and lengths, to be honest. It was very much, it was, it's just, I don't know if he was thinking about his bowling. Um, it just and for me, like when a, it, he just, yeah. he just looked tired. Like he didn't want to be there. Um, yeah. and, and for, I think for that reason, I'd be sending him on the white ball tour. Um, okay. Interesting. Be, because I think he's far more effective in shorter spurts. He's always been deadly with the white ball. Um, yeah. And actually, I think the point you made about Australia's depth, I think that's a reason to send him because I think you've got guys like Pattinson, Michael Nisa, Jai Richardson, all these guys that are, could be just as good mm. for Australia in the long format that could really just sort of slot into Stark's pass Nisa, yeah. Yeah. place mm. in the, the test side, particularly Pattinson, who's been waiting for ages, and Nisa, who's about as close as you can get to playing for Australia without actually playing. Um, yeah. Nisa can bat as well, just like Stark. Pattinson can bat. Yep. Um, yep. Jai Richardson has already played a test match, and he's shown that he's free from injury now because he's destroying people in the BBL. Um, 100%. So, yeah, I'd be sending him on the white ball tour. Um, I just think he'd be far more effective there, and I think he's tired, and I think he just needs a rest from tests. No, that's um, fair. Differing opinions, yeah. but but I like that. I, I I'd still say I'm on the red ball tour, just so you can sort of get back into it. But no, that's a fair assessment. And uh, I guess the final talking point, the final two talking points for Australia are Tim Payne's captaincy and uh, Nathan Lyon. Let's talk about Nathan Lyon playing his hundredth okay, test. Let's talk about Nathan Lyon first. Nathan yeah. Lyon, yeah, playing his hundredth test. Probably not the best way you want to celebrate it by having the Mate, Indians win at the Gabba. Yeah, and, he, and he's stuck on three ninety nine. He's yeah. You know, this summer was going to be the summer of the goat. You know, yeah. the goat was going to get his four hundredth test wicket. Huge fanfare, everyone get around him. Yeah. And now he's going to probably get it. You bloody hope he gets it in South Africa at his next test. Um, he's going to get so. it away from home. Yeah. It's taken him a bit of time. He's had a down summer. It's a real shame. Um, there'll be like no crowd there either because of quarantine. No, they got so. that mutant strain over there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a shame he didn't bowl as well. Well, I don't know if he didn't bowl. He didn't bowl, obviously didn't bowl at his best, but I think the Indians came with far clearer plans on how to combat him yeah. than in the past. Because um, cause he's, yeah. he's run through teams here, you know, Australia as a spinner, as an, as an mm. off spinner. He's done so well. And, mm. you know, I just don't think that, that the Indians gave him an inch um, to really get settled. Um, and as you said, right, you know, he bowls an absolute jaffa to, to Pan. It turns a mile and then Pan yeah. doesn't let him settle. Next ball just charges him and Charge whacks him, six. right? Yeah. I think it's very tough. It's tough. Yeah. I think from as an off myself now, not no nowhere near in the 
in, in the class of lion. But as as an offie myself, I think it's the fact it's good that good thing you um, clarified that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. But I felt like um, they got used to the pace of lion quite quite well. I think lion didn't vary his pace enough. I think he was relying too much on the pitch to do favors. Like he was getting big big spin, but he wasn't controlling it well. Um, yep. You know, he was getting a lot of turn, but it was just like pitched outside off, spinning away. And Shane Warne's like, why are you bowling that? You're literally, you're literally wasting a ball that you could have pitched a bit more on middle and leg and, and get the LBW and the bowl into play. I think Lyon, again, it was, that, it was that taking the Indians for granted attitude, which is what I felt was in Nathan Lyon's bowling. Um, when you're getting the pitch to do so much for you, you need to sort of respect the pitch and sort of bowl in those tight, tight areas. And I think that's where Lyon went wrong. I also felt like Lyon felt like the wickets would just come easily, and they didn't. And um, I don't know, he didn't have any variations this time. He was just bowling big off spinners, and there'd be one that goes straight, but like it was so obvious it was going straight, you had time to play it. So I think mm. that's where I sort of found Lyon a bit amiss um, this time. But look, he'll still obviously retain his spot. He is the best spinner in the country. And, uh, you know, it's... You know, let's yeah. just hope that he's a better outing against the South Africans. And I guess the last yeah. one for last one for the Aussies is uh, Tim Payne. What happens to him, mate? Um, does he stay as captain, oh, or is there a new oh, guy? Mate, I, this is a, this is another thing, right? I mm. I think the the reaction and the criticism is so. I think it's over the top at least. Over the top. I mean, okay. Uh, like for him to be sacked immediately, like no, 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 none of that. Like I think yeah. at the end of the day, there's two parts to that, right? Like a. Mm. Um, he's done a great job up until this point. This series, personally, he batted really well. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget that he was literally a month ago to the day that they lost the Gabba test, the month prior, he was player of the match. Yeah. The Adelaide test. Yeah. Um, so, and yes, I know he didn't keep that well. And mm. yes, I know his tactics were questionable. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm always of the view that you give someone a chance to right the wrong. Um, yep. And that's why I keep him as captain for the South Africa tour. You let him okay. go on. Um, yeah. And and that's partly for the second reason, which is if he wasn't captain, who's doing it? Who's doing it next? And yeah. it's it's not it's not going to be Smith um, no. because there's enough reservation at higher levels of cricket Australia for him not to do it, that he won't have it. Um, yeah. It's not going to be Manus. It's not going to be Head because Head's no. position's not safe. The only one that it could be is Cummins, and there's a lot of chat about that. The workload um, isn't he's the vice workload. captain. Yeah. But yeah, it's a workload issue, right? Um, mm. It's very difficult. And that's the reason why a lot of bowlers aren't captains. Um, it is, it I is think quite, Tim Payne mm. is still the right man for the job. Yeah, he's 36, okay. so he hasn't got much longer. But yeah. I think Australia, the, the broader question is, is not the question, but I guess the broader issue is that Australia needs to start coming up with a succession plan ASAP. Um, yeah. You think about the last few captains, they've always, always had someone after them, you know, you, you had Alan Border, he had Mark, Mark Taylor. Taylor, Mark yeah. Taylor had Steve Waugh, Steve yeah. Waugh had, had Ponting, Pont- Gilchrist and Warren, you know, yes. yeah, then yeah, Ponting yeah. had Gilchrist behind him, Ponting had Clark, Clark had mm. Smith, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's always been a clear sort of next in line, but yep. th- there really yeah. isn't at this point. Um, That's the thing, you know, yeah. I was reading some other news and um, Kevin Peterson was quite, uh, he was, oh, quite he, was sa- scathing. he was quite savage, he was like, Tim Payne has never been up to the task. Uh, what do you make of that comment? I mean, you know, he was like, he's never been, he's never been good enough to captain Australia is what Kevin Peterson is saying. Um, and after the India series, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I disagree. Okay. Because, I mean, I think, I think Kevin Peterson is saying that at an outsider's perspective, again, so am I, right? I mean, I'm yeah. not part of the inner workings of the Australian cricket team as much as I'd love to be. But, yeah. um, <laughs> like, I think for him to drag, like, that, that ball tampering scandal rocked Australian cricket to its core. And for him to bring them out of that, um, that, that's all that him. Hard. Yeah, that, that is hard, right? isn't it? Yeah. That, that respect. You've got to be a good... Yeah, you got to have the respect of your team hmm. and the respect of others to, to really drag a side out of that. And I think that takes guts and that's impressive in itself. Um, and I don't really know that Peterson should be making those sort of comments when he was one of the most divisive English captains They've had oh, 100%. History. Yeah. Very Amazing batsman. It. And I'm a massive, yeah, and I'm a massive yeah. fan of, of him as a player, as a batsman. But, you know, that's, mate, he, look, I, I think the job Tim Payne, and that's why I think he deserves a bit of credit and he's got some credit in the bank. The job Tim Payne's done 
to this date has been phenomenal. And, you know, people are saying, yeah, Australia didn't win at home. You know, the buck stops with the captain and, you know, the coach. But how about we just acknowledge the fact that maybe as Australian, as a cricket team, we're just not, we're not amazing. We're not no. the best team ever, right? We're, we're a team that has issues. We're a team that needs to fix things. We're a team that's going to need some young batsmen and maybe needs to revitalize. Yeah. How about we acknowledge that and say we have things to work on rather than, oh, nah, nah, we're shit, you know? It's just, it's the captain's fault. Sack him. Um, yeah, you can't put it all in one man, but I guess, look... Do you think I, I, Do you I think guess, if someone else was hmm. captain or if someone, or if, if we'd replaced all the batsmen and bowlers that we just talked about, do you think Australia would have won anyway? I don't think so. Probably not, probably not. But I guess just the way Tim Payne conducted himself, like, you know, we saw the sledging in the, in the, in the Sydney test, you know, can't wait to get to the Gabba. Um, just stuff, I mean, stuff like that is quite, I'm not saying that defines his captaincy, but like the fact that... He sort of went back to the the dark ages of Australian cricket um, in terms of the sledging yeah. and the arrogance. Like that look, that reflects poorly when Australia's been trying so hard to show the the the, the cricket world that they're a reformed team. Um, I know, agree, like but that. I counter that by saying he came out afterwards and he said sorry. Like he said sorry. Yeah. That's a bad reflection on me. My t- what else can you do, right? You make a yeah. mistake, you own up to it. It's not as yeah. if he stayed silent. Or was like, oh no, nah, I did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Stuff India. Mm-hmm. Um, he owned up to it, right? What else? What do you? Yeah. Like, I, not you. It's not directed at you. But what else yeah. is he? What else do you want from him? Kind of thing. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. like what's? I guess yeah. Um, I, I guess he worked within his capacity with the, with the players he's got um, and stuff like that. But look, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Australia <laughs> just at a crossroads. Um, exactly. But look, we 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 could talk about this to death. But I reckon we've come to the end of another fantastic episode. Um, I'm glad yeah. we got all the all the talking points out there, and uh, yeah, look once again, congratulations to Team India, uh, phenomenal win, amazing win. They deserve all the credits, all the plaudits, all the accolades because this was truly a test series for the ages. I know when I'm an old man, I will be telling my kids, "This is what I got to see with my own eyes." Um, sure, you, you will. Don't well. you wish Sri Lanka could do something like this? I'll let, let, we'll, you know, we, we'll, we'll touch on Sri Lanka another time. There's a lot I want to talk about Sri Lanka. They, they are hopeless at the moment. Um, but look, once again, to all our listeners out there, to anyone who's been listening in uh, to episode five, thank you once again for your company. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. As always, please leave any feedback, comments, um, anything you know, anything we missed out on. If you think once again we're talking absolute rubbish, feel free to let us know. We'll uh, you know we always want to make this as awesome and as engaging as possible. Uh, but yeah, look, this is Nuan and Sanjeet signing off once again from the Off the Mark Green uh, Podcast. Thank you very much for your company, and we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. See ya.